We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Kurt Kikis, a longtime high stakes fantasy football player that finds himself in both first and third place in the 2019 FFPC main event heading into week seven. This contest will pay out an industry record of $3.1 million, including a half million dollars to first place alone. In this episode, he and I discuss how to patch up your bye week holes in week seven, the interesting approach he took to drafting both of these teams, what to expect from the Steelers and Rams offenses going forward, and much more. You can follow Kikas on Twitter at FFBFan. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools that supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is the current first and third place team owner in the 2019 FFPC main event, Kurt Kikis. Making his return to the road of his high stakes lowdown this week is uh, a guy who it's he's in a special spot this week with uh, um, what five weeks left in the FFPC regular season. He finds himself in first place in the main event overall. He also finds himself in third place in the FFPC main event overall. Welcome back, Mr. Kurt Kikis. Welcome. Actually, I should say Dr. Kurt Kikis. 
Oh, either one's fine, Bulky. Good to be back. Thanks. Well, you are very welcome. Let's uh, let's kick into this right away because I know people are curious how you built these teams. I want to start off with your first place uh, team in, in the main event. You started off with three straight running backs. This was from the nine hole um, in, uh, in the main event. This is Nick Chubb that you took at the 109, Aaron Jones at the 309. But who I want to talk to you about right here to kick things off is your second round pick, James Conner, who you took at the 204. Uh, as you look forward the rest of the season, obviously no Ben Roethlisberger. We know the Steelers' offense is is not what we expected at the start of the season. What do you think Connor puts up the rest of the way? And then are there any other Steelers players on this team, skill position players, that you would actually look at starting in a good matchup? Yeah, well, um, was uh, a high on James Connor, obviously taking him into 2-4. And I think that going forward, I think he's going to be very valuable. Without Brown out there, uh, Juju, I don't think, is bl- uh, blowing the sheets off the bed. And I think we're going to see Connor getting a lot of receptions. He's going to you know, not necessarily run for 100 yards, but he's going to get six, seven receptions for some yardage and some TD. Um, I feel very confident with him, happy to have him as my number two, um, and glad his buy is this week so that he'll be there for me in the Week 12 uh, playoffs. Uh, it, as far as the other – Steelers go, um, you know, I, I had some fans McDonald on my teams, a whole bunch of him, and he's been kind of a disappointment. Um, I picked up the rookie Johnson, wide receiver, and I've got him who um, I'm more than happy to play kind of in a, uh, a bi-week role, and especially if it's against a pretty good matchup. But otherwise, uh, you know, outside of Juju, Connor, and uh, Deontay, I'm not uh, really too excited about what's out there for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I I think Deontay Johnson I've been turned on to a, a little bit over the last few weeks. That's a guy I'm looking at, no question, especially when the bye weeks hit really hard like they, they seem to be doing this week, no question. Um, <laughs> in this same draft, Kurt, rounds four through six, you went with three receivers that were expected to take big leaps forward. That was Chris Godwin, that was DJ Moore, and that was D.D. Westbrook. When you were drafting this team, you already had you had already banked the three running backs, obviously, early. Was there any concern from you that you were investing too heavy into young potential breakout receivers uh, when you're constructing this team as opposed to you know getting more proven veterans there? Or was this the path that you felt was the best way to try to cash a $500,000 payday at the end of the season? Right. Well, uh, if we look at this team in particular, and even the, the team that's in third place, I think the construction is very similar and uh, very high on Godwin this year. And I think actually finish as point-wise the number one receiver down in Tampa Bay. Uh, like DJ Moore uh, as a rookie last year, like him even better as a second-year player. And so I had a lot of hope in them coming through. Uh, Westbrook has got good talent and was really happy about him um, when Foles was the quarterback because of that uh, slot receiver. Um Less happy with uh, the mustachioed one down there, but um, uh, he seems to really be hitting uh, DJ Chark a lot. But that was by design. I wanted to hit some guys who I thought had some great upside. Um, so I went to three running backs and then three receivers with pushing off um, the quarterback down the way and also the tight end, um, which is you know kind of odd maybe in a tight end premium league but uh, decided to t- go for those receivers first and then kind of hit those other positions. Well, now, now Kurt, you say that's odd to to, to um, push down the tight end, to ignore the tight end, 
to not put a focus on the tight end in a tight end premium league. But there are a lot of people, a lot of FFPC players, a lot of successful FFPC players that have done that and have had, you know, you know, big paydays because of doing that. When yep. you look back on your FFPC teams or when you look back just in this season, did you find yourself doing that a lot? Did you find yourself kind of ignoring uh, and procrastinating it on tight end at all? Or was this sort of a unique situation here where you did end up waiting on tight end? Well, there was a guy I liked, um, and that was um, uh, Waller from Oakland. And uh, give props to my uh, fantasy football partner, Mike Santos. Mike was all over him throughout the summer and you know, bent my ear about him and convinced me that he was uh, the real McCoy. Um, and so I was willing to put off and pass on guys like you know Henry, Hooper, Najoku, those guys, and try to hit Waller 10th. And, you know, take that risk. You know, it is a risk. I mean, he's not a proven tight end at this point. And, you know, guys are taking Ingram in the fourth and Howard uh, in the fourth, Hunter in the fifth, uh, guys who, you know, were expected to really produce. Um, but, you know, if you don't take chances in this game, you know, you can miss the boat. In fact, I think there's a very famous fantasy football player uh, by the name The Franchise, good old Nelson Sousa, oh, sure. who uh, says if you don't, if you don't take chances in life, you're going to work for someone who does. And so um, I love that saying. He's a genius. And, uh, you know, you got to take chances. You um, got these players who have the upside. The, no, go, I, I think you're hitting on something with Waller here, which I wanted to talk to you about. Was it simply that he was unproven, that, that FFPC players let him slip so far, not only in your drafts here, but in really all of them? Because you got him as the 11th tight end off the board in this first place team at the 10-0-4. Was it just the unproven aspect? Yep. Was it the Raiders' offense? Was it something else? And what did you see in him that you're like, you know what, this is my guy right here. This is perfect. Right. Um, well, I, th- I think from what I read about him, uh, the story goes that um, it was a Gruden or someone, I think it was Gruden, um, saw him warming up for another team, and like within a matter of days he was uh, off the practice squad and that other team and over to the Raiders. Um, you know, Cook, uh, Jared Cook got a lot of, play the year before so there were a lot of tight end uh, balls to be accounted for and waller was the the best on that team the raiders team um and so you know i d- didn't watch hard knocks so i didn't know what was going on there but information i gathered from reading and then you know talking to my buddy mike um you know that sold me on this kid that he was worth taking a, a shot on um but you know, on this team i took delaney walker first who not real sexy and flashy but you know he's he's a steady guy and then i took a risk on the in the next round with um the younger kid who had a great deal of upside do you find yourself and i'm not limiting this question to just tight ends but do you find yourself doing that in these national contests where you will you know say draft two or three tight ends and maybe two of them will be proven guys and one will be a flyer or vice versa or you'll draft six running backs maybe two or three will be sort of like proven steady eddie type guys and then three of them leave flyers Receivers, I don't know if you necessarily can do it as much, but if you draft seven, maybe you draft like four or five guys you know you can count on, go with two flyers. Do you, is that how you tend to tie, try to mix it up a little bit, or is that just you know sort of being, I don't want to say lazy analysis on this, but is that sort of um, you know a generalization of what you like to do? Yeah, well, I think it's a good strategy. Um, you know, starting off with the Chubb, Connor, and Jones, you know, I've got boom. Um, with the exception of week seven, I'm, I'm set there. And so then I get those four receivers 
uh, Godwin, Moore, Westbrook, and um, Sanders, who Sanders I was tentative about because he's coming off an Achilles injury, and that's a tough injury to come back from. But, boy, he looked dynamic in the summer. It's just amazing. Um, then he's, you know, taking pot shots. Like, you know, a guy like Pollard, who was getting a lot of play during the summer. Um, you know, was Zeke going to play? Was he not? Um, you know, and then grabbing someone like Mike Davis. Um, this guys who who are in the, maybe the right position and could could uh, potentially play and get some points. So, you know, that that is a strategy. And uh, doing it at running back, do it at uh, tight end. Sometimes do it at the quarterback. Um, might take a shot at someone like a, a Murray or a Lamar Jackson um, as my number one quarterback, and then a couple rounds later, you know, draft somebody who is maybe more um, consistent and more steady. Um, yeah. And, and I think too, like when when you talk about that type of strategy, I think if somebody was to employ that, maybe the 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 um, the inkling is or or the um, the the lean is to go with the proven guy first. And then take the flyer. Mm-hmm. But for you, right. maybe that's not always the case. Maybe you go with the flyer first, and then when all the flyers are gone, mm-hmm. you know you can count on these FFPC guys leaving the steady Eddie guys for you to draft up late. Right, exactly. I've got some teams where, um, for example, I would take uh, Tom Brady in round 16 or maybe 17 because he'd fall that far sometimes. Uh, in fact, in the, about the specific league, Brady went at 21. So 20th round, first pick, and I'm running him. So there's times where I may take that flyer, an earlier pick, and it doesn't pan out. But, you know, if, if you got that guy who's consistent, you can then use him while you're waiting for that other guy maybe to get developed a little more or put diamond on the, the waiver wire. Let's talk about your third place team in the, the FFP spent for a $500,000 grand prize here, Kurt. I noticed that you actually brought this up earlier in our discussion. Similar team construction, and this time, as opposed to the nine spot, it was the eight spot. Three running backs to start, right. and then you go with four receivers after that. I didn't look at at the majority of your teams, but as far as how you built your rosters this year, was this kind of unique, or did um, these teams sort of just work out that way, or was it just uh, when you looked at the talent pool this year and knowing that you were drafting in the mid to latter part of the first round, did you notice, like, hey, I should really pound running backs early. I'm going to be able to scoop up these receivers and build some juggernauts that way. What was your approach here, given that these two teams are so similar with construction? Right. Well, uh, drafting in the, the second portion of the of the draft like this, um, I was more often, I think, than not trying to get three running backs, uh, if not in the first three picks and in the first four picks. Um, the receiver pool is very deep uh, relative to the running backs, so... You know, you're looking at in the eighth round. You're looking at Deion Lewis, uh, Latavius Murray, Pollard, and Henderson as the running backs that are out there to be had. Um, where Sutton, Shepard, Valdez, Scantling, Marvin Jones as a receiver. So the receivers run a little deep. So on a number of my teams, I made that concerted effort to go for those running backs, build that depth, then hit the receivers. Um, I've got a couple other teams in the main event where I went um, maybe out of the ten hole, eleven hole and Thomas um, so something a little bit different but the uh, this free running back approach was definitely in the forefront of my mind when I was drafting at this part of the draft one of the thing I've noticed this year and and uh, you know I play in a lot of um, non-tight end premium leagues where you have to start three receivers uh, like the KFFSC for example um, and one of the things I noticed is over the last two or three years um, the, I, I rarely went zero RB, but it seemed like the teams that I went zero RB were the most successful. So this year I went all in. 
with zero RB and um, ended up, you know, I, I have some pretty good teams. I also have some not so good teams. But one thing I've noticed, Kurt, is, and this is mm-hmm. something that, that my HSFFO or, uh, co-host and, and, and our mutual friend Dave Gerzak has said over the years, just never heard you, of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's still he's still trying to find his way. Um, but you have a, a you go receiver heavy right away. You don't want to necessarily ignore it after that. And I feel like that was something that was in the forefront right. of my mind when I was drafting these teams. And now I feel like I'm looking at as far as 2019 goes. I feel like I'm looking at uh, and I've had some injury issues, but I feel like I'm looking at by and large five really good receivers every week because I didn't ignore the position mm-hmm. and then like three not so good running backs <laughs> you know what i mean and it, and it's been one of those things right. where it's just like i keep waiting for guys to get hurt i keep waiting for guys to go down i keep waiting for the depth chart to change and it hasn't happened and i feel like this year and i'm not saying zero rb was the wrong approach but i feel like this year looking at these leaderboards and you kind of to your point you look at all these running backs that went in the first three rounds i feel like if you hit on even just two of those guys you are so far ahead of right. the curve right now given the depth at receiver right and I'll tell you the the th- three running backs I was high on in the second part of the of the draft there, uh, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and Connor. So if I get guys on my team, I was really happy. Um, and the third place team, I got uh, Josh Jacobs, and I was happy with Josh Jacobs too, getting him late in the draft. And there was a few drafts where I even took him at the three one or three two, um, based on what the board looked like and my my desire to have that running back. But if I could get Cook, Connor, or Chubb uh, was very happy. No question. Uh, let's move on, and, and I want to talk about the Jets here because Sam Darnold finally made He actually looked really good against uh, Dallas this past weekend, as did. did Robbie Anderson, as did Jamison Crowder, as you know, because I know you own Jamison Crowder. When Chris Herndon returns, and obviously the, the, the report that we got today, it sounds like he is doubtful at best for Monday night against the Patriots. But when he does return, because right. this is a guy that, that a lot of FFPC on a tight end premium, how does he fit into yep. this Jets offense? I mean, is he really the number four option behind Anderson, Bell, and, and Crowder, or can he factor high into it, higher into it? Um, yeah, I think it'll depend on a little bit on, on game flow, but um, he's a guy I targeted pretty heavy as a number two tight end. And my thinking was, I, I get Waller, and Waller would have the sixth bye week. We know Herndon was suspended for four games. They also had a bye in the first four games, so he was come to week six. So I was a genius saying, oh, my gosh, you know, boom, his first week back, going to prove himself. He's going to fill in for Waller, and then he hurts his hamstring running on his own, and um, that was all shot to heck. But <laughs> I think I think he's going to be good. Um, I ne- wouldn't necessarily want to rely on him as my every week tight end starter. I'd rather have someone like a Hooper or a Waller, um, you know, guys who are really doing great, uh, or Mark Andrews when he's healthy. Um but, you know, for a pinch, for a fill-in, I'm, I'm comfortable putting him in. Um, that offense up there in New York looks so much better when Sam is at the reins. Um, and they've got, you know, Robbie Anderson, who, who's deep. they got Crowder out of the slot. They've got Bell running the ball, Bell catching the ball. Um, so they can't cover everybody. Um, so I do like him up there. Um, my favorite Jet receiver and a guy I was all over, and he was my deep, deep sleeper from – February best ball was Crowder. Um, I have a ton of Crowder, and I didn't play him a lot week one. He blew up, and boy, I was happy that he did so. He did just what I was hoping. And then Sam gets the kissing disease, and he's out for a while, and Crowder just disappears. Um, returned last week. So I think Crowder and all those were a lot of fun 
in that offense. Before we move on, I want to let you know about ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting orders out quick can be a real pain. It can be time-consuming, it can be expensive, and so many carriers to choose from. How do you know that you're making the best choice? It's really simple. All you need to do is go to ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, brings all those carriers and orders onto one simple interface, and helps you make those decisions quickly and efficiently, making them really easy to manage from any device even on your cell phone they work with all the major carriers ups fedex and many many more so you can compare choose the price solution that's best for you and your customer no wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers you'll ship in less time with the best rates and right now our listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the offer code blue that's the offer code blue there's absolutely no risk you can start your free trial now without even entering any credit card information just head on over to shipstation.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in the code blue that's shipstation.com the offer code is blue shipstation.com make ship happen I want to take a moment as well to tell you about our friends over at Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just try and brush it off. Maybe you say, I lost my mojo, avoid it altogether. I had a long day at work. People use different excuses for different things. But with Roman now, it's easy to talk about it, get a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you for the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is very straightforward. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com forward slash blue wire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there is Roman. Complete that online visitation today, connect with the doctor, and then and help take care of it. Just go to getroman.com forward slash blue wire to get a free online visit today and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com forward slash blue wire. Once again, getroman.com forward slash blue wire. You know, I want to skip ahead a little bit here because as long as we're talking about Crowder, in one of your leagues, uh, you you have Jameson Crowder in your starting lineup at home against New England on Monday night. Uh, This is over Mm -hmm. Christian Kirk, who I I, Mm -hmm. I want to say he's expected to be back this week, although Cliff Kingsbury said that he will not return until he's 100%. Um, he's on the road against the Giants this week. So when you look at Crowder Mm -hmm. versus Kirk, is it simply an injury concern there that, like, look, I'd love to play Christian Kirk, but I like Jameson Crowder. I know he's playing on Monday night, and I know he's going to be catching balls from Sam uh, Sam Darnold. Is that the deciding factor there? Well, at this point, I haven't decided exactly. I mean, if Kirk is going to play, I will probably lean Kirk. Um, But i got to tell you, Crowder's um, kind of attractive up there, you know, the – New England is so good at shutting down the main, you know, the main threat. Um, who's going to be the main threat? Is it going to be Robbie Anderson? Are they going to shut him down? Um, no one shuts down Bell. Um, I think Crowder has possibility to, you know, to do fairly well um, out of the slot there. But I, I'm going to just sit on that until more information comes out and kind of see where we go with that one. Yeah, you won't have to make a decision on that until Sunday, obviously, with uh, with Crowder not in action yep. until then, and then and then obviously, or excuse me, with Crowder not in action, and then Kirk not in action. And 
Uh, let's talk about the right. Rams here real quick because this is something I, I feel like a lot of FFPC owners are wrestling over. Uh, this week, the Rams have placed uh, left guard Joe Noteboom on IR with an ACL tear. They traded for okay. Austin Corbett, the uh, first pick of the second round of the draft, I want to say in 2017. I could be could be wrong. It might be 2018. In any event, he's actually underperformed for the Browns, struggled to get in the game. Now, when you couple that with Todd Gurley, and I know I think he practiced in full today for you know for the for the listeners' sake, we're recording this on Tuesday night. I think he he was a full participant in practice. Or excuse me, we're recording this on Wednesday night. I think he was a full participant in practice today. But when you couple the offensive line woes, the fact that they have not been playing well as a unit, Todd Gurley not playing at 100 percent. Does this mean big receiving performances? And does this mean you got to get find a way to start Cooper Cup, start Robert Woods, start Brandon Cooks for the remainder of 20, uh, 2019 with Jared Goff slinging him the rock? How do you view this Rams offense? Well, I'll tell you, I'm a huge Cooper Cup fan. Had him last year, and he paid off big time before he got hurt. Uh, and if you look at the numbers he was putting up last year before he got hurt, they were just insane. He was going to be probably you know, one of the top two receivers in the league. Um, I like him over um, – Brandon Cook, I like him over Robert Woods. Um, so I think going forward, Cup is the guy to have on this team. You know, Cooks is the guy who could put up 40 points with a couple long touchdowns, uh, but he, he also kind of he can disappear. But uh, the the key factor is which um, which quarterback is going to show up. Which Jared Goff? Um, I mean, he does well one week and you, you and he gets you nine points. So um, it's an offense that kind of worries me. Obviously, I think the offense is a little bit better when uh, Gurley is in there. Uh, no one's really too concerned about the other running backs they have. But, um, you know, it's an interesting offense going forward. Um, don't have a lot of Gurley teams. Um, those that I do, you know, you got to really think, do you bench him, do you play, you know, what, what depending on the defense they're going up against. But for me, going forward, it's, it's Cooper Cup. He's the one I really want to have. I, and I'm kind of spitballing here, but I'm thinking about this Jalen Ramsey addition, and and I don't know what that does to the to the defense at all. I mean, I know it makes him better on paper, but I'm trying to think how this affects the offense, and I'm not sure if like if, if it has a small impact, medium impact, large impact on how you're breaking ties with your Rams receivers. You know, Cooper Cup's a must start, obviously. Robert Woods is mm-hmm. it's very very difficult. You know, I own him in a few leagues. It's very very difficult for me to find somebody I like better than him. Brandon Cooks has sort of been the wild card here, but as you look at this Jalen Ramsey trade, I, how does that affect the Rams' offense for you? Is it, it, it does it have any kind of impact on what you're doing for fantasy on Sunday when you're setting your lineups? Well, I mean, the better the defense, you know, hopefully the more likely we get uh, get the turnovers, so the offense gets the ball in their hands more often. Um, um, whether it shortens the field for them, they have you know more uh, more red zone attempts that I don't think it really matters with those receivers because I think they could all we've seen that one TD that cup had earlier in the year where he's like bouncing off people and spinning um, I think it, it just goes to help the offense the better the defense the better because they'll have more opportunities I know you are getting hit hard on your first place team with buys uh, this week no Nick Chubb no James Conner no Chris Godwin no DJ Moore this week have you had any thoughts as to throwing in Emmanuel Sanders? It sounds like he's trending like he's going to be playing on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. In, in a, I don't want to say potential shootout because I don't think, you know, when's the last time Joe Flacco got involved in a shootout? But in a game where they might be throwing <laughs> to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, any thoughts of throwing Emmanuel Sanders into that starting lineup over Jameson Crowder or over D.D. Westbrook? Um, yeah, definitely. In fact, he's sitting in my lineup right now. 
Um, the uh, you know, the other thing about this team, and let me pull up the draft board real quick. I don't I don't have the uh, mental skills that my partner Mike Santos has. <laughs> you can ask guy. him the. You can ask him the fifth draft, fourth round pick. Who was that? He'll tell you. And I'm like, wait, which day was that? And I'm pulling <laughs> stuff up. Um, that first place team, I was lucky enough um, um, to get McLaurin too off the uh, off the waiver wires. So um, Terry McLaurin um, is there. So I've got him in this lineup too. So that kind of helps um, the buy not be so so painful. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna try to get Emmanuel Sanders in. They're gonna be playing catch up. Uh, my only concern about him is that, you know, sometimes Flacco hooks on to uh, Sutton and Sutton has some big games. But, um, yeah, so he's in there right now, definitely. How, Kurt, Kurt, how aggressive when – because I'm assuming this was not the only league who picked up Terry McLaurin. And how aggressive were you on McLaurin and, and what sort of stood out as, okay, this is a way – this is a guy we got to get on our team. Right. Well, actually, he's a guy um, – I'm kind of surprised I didn't draft him in this league because he's a guy I actually drafted in some leagues. Um uh, liked him quite a bit. I went after him heavy in some of my dynasty leagues. Uh, asked um, what we were reading about him in the preseason was very positive. He's running with the ones. He was clearly looking like a number one receiver. They did not have anybody really to be a number one receiver there. Um, I mean, they've had some some disappointing players up there at that position. So he was a guy who I was excited. Figured they'd be playing from behind a lot. Um, the running game isn't really all that wonderful. So, um, yeah, I was high on him, uh, you know, hopefully just be a guy I could plug in for bye weeks. And, uh, I find I'm starting him now and he's got what he's got six touchdowns, I believe, uh, over six games, which is pretty a rookie receiver on a horrible team. Yeah, no, it, it, that's, that's tough to do. And he's doing it right now. And I totally, you know, I, I was so ticked off because, well, you and I are playing in, in a, in a dynasty league together, the, the gridiron legends uh, dynasty league, which by the way, you need to slow down in that league. You're running away with it right now. It's way too early. Give the rest of us a chance. Um, but Terry McLaurin, I feel like in, in the, you know, these private dynasty leagues that, that I was in this year, he was the third round pick this year. And I felt like I was trading away a lot of my third and fourth round picks because I just, it's such a, low hit rate i'm always trying to move up into the second round for the for the next year and and but that was the guy i mean he was the guy this year in rookie dynasty drafts that i should have attacked and i didn't and i'm totally regretting it right now and not only are you reaping reaping the benefits in dynasty you're reaping the benefits in the ffpc and your other uh leagues too you don't have to rely on the waiver wire um, I'm just wondering. I can't remember what happened when we played head to head in that other league. I, I can't uh, I'm remember. I'm sure you destroyed me. I'm sure it wasn't close. It was. <laughs> it was. You know, I and it and it stuck. Oh, actually, I, I do remember this because I put up a good. It I've was been close. putting up good scores in that league, but you are just you have a juggernaut in that league right now, just uh, just crushing everybody. So I thankfully I play in a poor division in that league. And uh, you play in the <laughs> toughest one. It doesn't matter because you're in first place. But uh, but hopefully we meet again. I, I I hope to see that later on this season. Uh, no yeah. question. Uh, I need to avenge that loss. Um, you and I t- yeah. kind of talked about this off air a bit before we started recording. Um, light week on the waiver wire. Is there anybody that you're aggressively going after, or is this sort of like you know save your money oh. for for another rainy day where you on a big time difference? Yeah, you know what. Um... I tend to spend a lot of money on the waiver wire early on. And so um, there's some leagues where I've got like $14 left. Other leagues where I've got like $300. Um, and I have a whole ton of money to go after some guys. And typically in, a, in week seven, I'm trying to 
get a kicker. I'm trying to pick up a D, you know, those types of things. Um, I do know that uh, I've heard a lot of buzz about, um, I'm blanking on his name. This is number 13 up in Green Bay, the, Alan the Lazard. wide receiver. Alan, the bizarre Lazard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And I figure he's a guy who people are going to go after and try to grab because he had that great game. But um, I'll tell you, in all honesty, I, I have very little interest in the Packer passing game at this point. Um, I mean, without Devontae Adams in there, just it looks pretty, pretty weak. But I think Lazar's going to be a guy who people are going to go after. Um, I, I'm looking to go after some of these guys who have potential. Um, who? Well, here's a guy I, I did a search for about an hour ago and kind of plugged in, and it's not—he's nothing earth-shattering, but it's um, guys. Um, oh yeah. You know, they say he's looking good. He's close to returning. There are two or three leagues out there where. He was available. I picked him up a couple of weeks ago for like a dollar and a couple other leagues just to stash on the bench. So those are the guys I'm looking for now um, just to stick away. And he, he could do nothing for the rest of the year. That's fine that he does nothing. Um, but he's also the type of guy who um, could be a difference maker if for some reason he gets hot. And we saw what a difference maker last year because um, I did well in the FFPC during the regular season. I, uh, I was the high point guy and then lost a couple of good stars and then uh, Henry came out of nowhere. Sure. And all the teams that had Henry just jumped to the top. So I'm looking to grab that guy, who, Henry, who could be the guy who really puts up those points when you need him at the, the last few weeks. So um, that's what I'm looking for. Um, I'm looking for the, the, the cheap stuff. And, and take it for what it's <laughs> worth, but Adrian Peterson, I, you know, I don't know if it was veterans rest or whatever, he did not practice today. So, And it's not like the Redskins have a whole lot to gain by playing veterans like Peterson. So, And, and I think they want to see what right. they have in Geist, no question. I, I think that he's a guy that if he's out there right now and you're getting for a dollar or two, uh, well worth uh, the spend uh, yeah. for sure. You know, they, they've got to play him. they got to play him because if he can't produce at all, then they need to look for something in the draft or look in a different place. I think he's got a foot issue. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of issues up there that you know, maybe guys could have that opportunity to, to do something. But, you know, up to, you know, that offense is not all that exciting. Next year's rookie draft is littered with great running backs and receivers on day one and day two, and I'm sure Washington will be yep. focusing in on those if Darius Geis is not up to snuff for the remainder of the 2019 season. Kurt, you've been very gracious with, uh, exactly. with your time tonight. One final question before I let you go. Yes, sir. Uh, one player that you think a lot of players are actually going to be starting this weekend that you think would probably be better served on people's benches, and then conversely, a player that you think on a lot of people's FFPC benches this week that you actually think. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I do think people are going to go out and get Lazard up there in Green Bay, and I think people are going to look maybe to play him against Oakland. Um I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't feel at it at all. Um, and I think um, I could be one of those crowder on the bench because of his, excuse me, his matchup. And, you know, that might be, that might be a mistake. Um, he's had two really strong games with, um, with Sam back at the, the reins and they're playing against a team. They're going to be behind most likely. Um, and they showed last week that uh, Dallas and, you know, they, they can put it together and, keep rolling so i think uh someone like crowder could be sitting on people's benches because they're they're afraid of the matchup yeah no, i know i think that uh, i think you're right i think i have crowder in one or two leagues that i'm i'm getting hit pretty hard on the buys so i'll have to look at him uh especially when it's coming from the dude who not only is in first place in the ffpc main event but the guy who's in first and third in the main event uh kurt thank you so much wow. for joining me this week it's uh it's awesome to see you up 
you know, that high on the leaderboard at this point in the season. We'll see what happens. Good luck in the main event. Good luck in all your leagues the rest of the way, except for the obvious Gridiron Legends, which I hope to uh, uh, avenge my loss in. But I'm sure if you pull down a half million bucks in the FFPC, you will forgive me. Right. And don't forget, I also own uh, at least one or two teams in the 2000s, too. So (laughs) (laughs) I I try to distribute the continuum. It, it listen. It it comes with the territory. It, it's one of those things. Yep. So, uh, all right. Well, enjoy week seven, dude. And I will uh, talk to you again soon, man. Hey, Bulky. Thanks for the call. And uh, it was great seeing you in Vegas. Always look forward to it. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a RotoViz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the RotoViz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to RotoViz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.